Motown Rundown, your home for all things Detroit sports. It is May 6th, which is also a Thursday. Way to be sharp, Ryan. Um, gentlemen, good to see you. We have a lot to talk about today. We have the NFL draft to cover. We have to talk about the Tigers and my disgruntledness. Um, but first, how are we doing? Very good. Very good. But no one cares what I have to say because Ryan Collins graduated this weekend. So Collins. Yeah, Collins. We're clapping. I don't want. Well, congrats. Congratulations. You graduated. That's it's, it's one of those things that in the moment you probably take for granted, but you know, not everyone gets the opportunity to go to college and you finished against all odds. You finished. So you sound like a Hallmark card. So you did it. Like, uh, it's like, congratulations seniors you did it like one of those like blanket statements that they do at like graduation and stuff yeah trent i can't get over the fact that you have a lebron poster and you have tape over the lakers not a lakers fan you're a lebron fan i'm a lebron fan not a lakers so fan. you root for the lakers though it's that yeah i root for lebron so you're a lakers fan no because i'll tell you why when when the Le- lebron's been hurt you know for like a month and yeah. I don't watch when he's not like I'm, I don't watch. I haven't watched the Lakers game in a month. What What are your thoughts on LeBron bitching about there being a seventh seed playing game after he was all for it last year? Well, you know he's only doing that because they're in jeopardy of being in it. But yeah, I know that's us. Right. I think I, it's it's. It, are we surprised? It's LeBron. There's there's drama. There's always drama. There's always strings attached. But whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I How about the about Tigers, Lebron. man? Up winning today, six to five. Yeah, hey, they got to yeah, pull it out, there's man. There's a guy I'm third. There's a guy I'm third right now for the Red Sox, dude. I appreciate this ball's gonna be gone. Yeah. <laughs> you got to give live updates because people will think it's funny. It's the fifth inning right now, and the Tigers are up six to five. Yes, yeah, bottom five. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, as far as the LeBron thing goes, I'm a LeBron guy myself. I just want, I need people just if you haven't jumped on the LeBron train yet you understand how bad the Lakers are or any team with yeah LeBron. man how having the number th- second the best player in the league they're so bad without them I mean they are they're terrible without them yeah they're bad without both of them that's I I mean LeBron's the best player like the last Ever. 10 years I, Ever. it's not all right, we won't go down that route. Um, we do Collins, you'll regret it. You'll regret it if we go down that route. But Collins, I'm the, I I I want to ask how how your special day was, your graduation day. I fun. feel like I have I have mentioned the fact that you are graduating slash have graduated every show for like the last six months. So yeah. I just, for, finally, so we can stop talking about it. How was your special day sitting in the parking lot? That's fine. It kind of sucked. Job up. of a graduation. Well, it was cool for some people because they got to do it at like Spartan Stadium and you get like the scoreboard in the background and it looked sick. But mine was at Erickson, which was like, it wasn't bad. It looked kind of nice. But it it was kind of one thing that was kind of nice. It was like 45 minutes, which is like instead of like three hours, which a usual like commencement is, you know what I mean? Where it just takes forever and you got someone speaking for like 30 minutes. So that was nice. And then other than that, I I mean, that food, the usual. It's going to be more when I like leave East Lansing when I'm going to be like, fuck, this sucks. Yeah. The picture you posted with your dad was awesome. Shout out Kelly Collins. That was, that was Ryan Collins' first Instagram post in like eight years too. Yeah, not an Insta guy. Yeah, there's <laughs> certain occasions where it's like, if I don't post an Insta, like I might as well delete my Insta and I had to post an Insta. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, you know damn well Kelly Collins was the proudest guy in the in the city that day watching his son. Ryan. I think my mom was a little bit more because my mom. I, I think my dad's more like, oh, I don't have to pay for your school anymore. You're <laughs> off the pay like stuff like that. I think my mom was more. I don't know. I don't know. It sucks. I'm graduated Michigan State now. It doesn't suck, but like, you know what I mean. It's just yeah, like I mean, real world me. now. Trust me. Now, Trent, you're on the clock. You're on the clock, Trent. Why am I on the clock? For graduating? Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Idiot. Never mind. Okay. Don't beat yourself up. Um, all right, folks. Well, let's do the sports today. Um, we're just going to roll with the Lions and Tigers. Uh, the Pistons and Red Wing seasons are both wrapping up here shortly, so we will touch on that next week. Um, I am going to the Pistons game tonight. This there you go. First. Not only will this be like my first time – going to I probably went to a Pistons game the last time fans were in the building during that season I usually get to like one or two a year this will be my first time watching a full-length Pistons game in a very very long time so I like they're like must watch in the sense they're like they'll bring people off the bench and you're like what is going on and like Killian Hayes had money on the Charlotte Hornets but two nights ago uh, you won't convince me otherwise. Misses a free throw at the end of the game, has a wide open look, misses it. The tank is on. So I, I love yeah. to see it. Hey, I will I will give this little nugget, okay? Sekou Dumboya had a 20-point game against the Hornets. Hamidou Diallo had 35. Hammy was nasty. I watched that game, Trent. Sekou had the quietest 20-8 and eight of all time, by the way. Yeah. I was like, he had 20-8? and eight? What the hell? When did that happen? I think he started like three for three, too. He looks very comfortable. A lot more. He looked more comfortable in the Hornets game than he has all season, so that's good. But well, the thing about it is, like Frank Jansen, Hamdu Diallo, and some other guys, like uh, Josh Jansen, we talked about this last week. Like they're sneaky. I think people aren't paying attention to those pickups compared to the draft picks because those guys all seem to be like, oh, they can play in a rotation or something. They're not like superstars or anything. So that's a positive. Seku, I. I haven't seen it all year. I saw little flashes last year. I haven't seen any flashes this year. Like well, he had twenty and eight. It's because he hit his wide open threes. You know what I mean, Trent? Yeah. Like he, this he stuff. Had couple, you, he had a couple stuff, like drop steps. Yeah, but like this stuff that you want to see out of him is like, okay, he gets the ball at the top of the key and he just blows by you. But this year, you know what I mean? He yeah. needs to put on at least like twenty pounds. And I, he, he might. Jury's out. But we'll get into all that expose at as as a season ender. So yeah, yeah, you want to focus on that next week, but I'm just saying, I we might need to start talking about like, okay, what's going on? Like, what do they do at Seiko? I'm just, you know what I mean? It's on the radar. Yes, I got you. All right, well, let's jump into the Lions here. Uh, the NFL draft is now officially wrapped up, obviously. Um, I also too, let's before we do the draft stuff, I want to I want to make note of this because I have strong feelings on it. And I don't think it's something that's necessary for us to talk about for all that long, but um, news coming out yesterday that carry on Johnson has been waived by the lions and I am sick to my stomach. Well, let me say this. It's 90%. Adrian I want to go sit to my stomach. Let's relax. on it, that. It, it's, it's 90% Adrian Peterson's fault. And that I think everyone knows that it's, it's not Adrian Peterson's fault. It's just that he was given he was prioritized by – it's Daryl Bevel's fault, okay? Screw Daryl Bevel. That's whose fault it is. Uh, it's Daryl Bevel's fault 100%. I'm sorry, Kelly. Like, I'm sorry that your Lions career only lasted three seasons because Daryl Bevel wouldn't hand you the ball more than Jim Bob Cooter did. 
I will say this. I do think there are concerns with him health-wise, and that's probably why they waived him. I think that's the reason they waived him, because if he was going to be effective, I don't know why he would stay or why wouldn't he stay around. But, yeah, it was wasted because he, like, at the beginning of his career, his rookie year, like, oh, there's something there. And the Lions never really tapped into it. And same old story. Lions can't capitalize on talent. I will forever, forever, forever love on Johnson for week three of the 2018 season when he rushed 101 yards and got finally had a 100-yard rush. Over the You'll love him forever for a 101 rushing yard yes. day. For the first time since Reggie Bush did it in 2013, the Detroit Lions broke that streak. Matthew Stavron had a 100-yard rusher, and he beat a good team. So I, I don't know. I don't know. There might have been some correlation there, but Stafford's gone, and now I'm crying in my soup because different rabbit hole. But thank you, Carrion. We will always remember you. We will always love you. At least I will. I mean, I, I – fine. War Eagle. By no, means, by, by no means am I going to say that people or even myself were like – that hyped over carry on the way that I think DeAndre Swift has maybe made you hyped up for him based on what you saw from him last year. I, I think it, it was the same thing his rookie year. Like, oh, carry on's really good. Well, I, I remember when the, when the Lions drafted him, I was like, okay, like they're, they're taking a running back who looks like he can actually produce. And as you guys said, in, in his rookie season, I mean, he was pretty much the feature back and, he looked great. Obviously, the the injuries have have slowed him down a bit. But I, the the one thing that I can't stand is just number number one. As you said, Trent, he didn't get a fair shake at all, like it, it, last year. And, and for him, for people to say like, "Oh, well, good for him for embracing the third down back role." He's not a third down back, bro. He can run the ball every every down. And I get that you have DeAndre Swift. And is DeAndre Swift going to have a better overall career than carry on Johnson? Who knows? Does it look like he could? Absolutely. So I get that that's the guy they want, but I, I read, I don't know who these like lions beat reporters are that I read some, some comment when he released the news that carry on has been waived that carry on this, this dweeb goes carry on just wasn't the same after his knee injury. And I get it to an extent, but it's not like the guy shredded his ACL, bro. His knees work fine. You just didn't give him the ball. Like that's the bottom line for anyone, for anyone to sit here and tell me that you didn't see the same carry on Johnson that you saw his rookie year. No shit. You never gave him a chance to run the ball. So for you to tell me that like, Oh, well his, his injuries are a concern or he's just not the same guy, dude. It's his third year in the league and you blackballed him for a 45 year old man who couldn't get 60 yards a game. So they completely screwed carry on Johnson. I hope he goes somewhere else and he becomes a hall of famer. I was sick to my stomach. That's a Do you think he has that capabilities. I, I, I think you guys are getting way too amped up about this. Don't, don't Let's rope be me realistic. Don't, don't rope me in with that because I'm not, I'm not quite. He was a nice stomach. player. He I, was a nice player. They underutilized him and they didn't tap into his potential. Rabs is acting like this guy's goddamn Emmett Smith and Barry wrapped into one. What are you talking about? It's just the principle. It's the principle. I know what you're saying, but but let's not act like this guy. It's not like he was Stafford or like Kelvin. Know what I mean? Don't rope him into those. Oh my God. But this, I got to listen to this dweeb. The the Lions beat reporting dweeb. Oh, he just wasn't the same when he came back. Dude. Well, he wasn't the, I mean, his third year, not. How would you know? You never saw him play. Played one down a game. Touched the ball once a game. Well, I mean, he also didn't play for like two seasons due to the injury. 
Like that that's a concern, Rabs. It is I like I like carry on and I wanted him to get more touches. It made no sense well, why he sat behind Adrian Peterson if he was healthy. It doesn't make any sense. And the Lions organization probably knows more than anyone about his health concerns, but it was stupid that he didn't get touches over Adrian Peterson. But not let's not add to like this is like Kelvin or staff or you know what I mean. This isn't like yeah, it, oh, it, this I, is a Lions guy. It's a second round pitch who had talent that they didn't utilize. To put this into perspective, too, I mean, Jamal Williams, who just signed, is 26. It's not like he's super young or super old. And Carrion was 23 years old with an injury history. So, like, I, I, I understand why the move was made. I think there's no question that DeAndre Swift is going to be your feature back. And then when they drafted this uh, Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State, you know, it just kind of made sense. It's like, what, right or wrong, Carrion's just kind of the odd one out. And that's where we find ourselves. And, Rabs, I completely agree with you in that it had not it, it had way less to do with his injury as it did him just not getting touches because if you remember yes. in 2018 I believe it was against the Rams in like week 11 or 12 the Lions were still like hovering around like with playoff chances like sorta I think they're like six and eight they shut them down and they, they shut them down it was precautionary. yes yes and I, yes yeah. and I remember them saying you know if if the Lions are to make a playoff push he'll be back and healthy so it, it was one of those things where it was like you know, his injuries, I think, looking back in hindsight, have gotten a little overblown because it was a precautionary thing. No, 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 That's no, that. for sure. I, 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 I actually like this Lions running back room, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But with Swift, and then you're, you got a new offense coming and everything, the move made sense. It does just absolutely suck, Rabs, that he basically got blackballed out of the rotation and out yes. of the running back room because Adrian Peterson came in for a year for jersey sales. So that's yes. fun. Thank you. So, all right, well, we'll move past that, or at least I'll try to move on from that. But um, let's talk about the draft now. Um, I guess we can go right ahead, round one, pick seven. Now, we talked about this last week as far as what we want them to do. I was in the camp of go ahead and trade down. And I think we all were on the same page, too, as far as you got to hope the quarterbacks go off the board like one through three. Obviously, the Falcons went with Kyle Pitts, which is fine. Then you get to number five at the Bengals and the Bengals do as the Bengals do and decided to, I was going to say, say something very inappropriate, but I'm not going to because we have kids and women that get this show. They were very aroused at the fact that they saw Jamar chase and someone in that room goes, Oh my God, Joe Burrow played for LSU. Jamar chase played for LSU. We should draft that guy. So they I, freaked out. Yeah, yeah, Jamar chase is just some bomb. No, I have to imagine Joe Burrow was in on that decision, though. That was sure. 100% Joe. They, they, I bet you they asked Joe, would you rather not tear your ACL ever again, or would you like to have some guy that you played with two years ago be on your team? And he was like, yeah, I'll take Jamar Chase. So I agree, Trent. I think they asked Joe Burrow, like, what do you want, bro? And he was like, give me the receiver. So then blame it on him. Don't blame it on some guy in the room. Why? Why do I don't get the hate for the Jamar Chase pitch. It's because just, you just watch your quarterback tear his ACL. You don't want to protect him. They had, they had like the worst O line in the league. I'm I'm very I'm well aware of that. Well aware of that. They invested money into their offensive line in the offseason and they made trades for their offensive line. Why would you not want a guy who could potentially be a generational wide receiver? I don't I who has a personal relationship with Joe Burrow that like gives you goodwill with a guy like that in an organization like Cincy that has never had goodwill with their players. And you listen to Carson Palmer, who was a franchise player for them for like eight years. He talked only negative things about Cincinnati. That's what I'm saying. I get the move. They probably should have took Sewell. I would agree with that. Like, like 
I'm happy they did it. No, they didn't. They didn't. And but I understand it. It's not like this is super bonehead. Like I actually, I genuinely understand why they pitch Jamar Chase. No, I do too, and and I'm I'm happy about it as well. Um, yeah, we don't have to talk about the Bengals anymore. But Rabs, continue the. Yes, no, that's all. That's all fine and dandy. That's all fine and dandy. Couldn't be my team. So Waddle goes six, correct? That was the next pick after that. Yes. So there he goes, sitting in your lap as I'm standing there in guaranteed right field, watching my Tigers lose eleven to nothing against the White Sox. I'll get to that. I'm refreshing and refreshing my phone and i was just sitting there like please this is the easiest pick yeah. like it yeah. fell into your lap and we said the same thing if he falls in your lap you have to take him penny sewell offensive tackle from oregon is a detroit lion i mean look i i have been on record with several different groups of people that i think this guy could be a hall of famer i think he's that good and as a guy that Obviously, I'm not, I don't sit here and watch tape of offensive linemen all day long. But from what you've seen this guy do, as far as the way he the way he looks on tape, his measurables, he checks all the boxes of being a guy that can be on this team for 10, 12, 15 years if he can stay healthy, knock on wood, and can just be an absolute game changer for your offensive line. Who you just went out and paid Frank Rag now today and extended him for four years, making him the love highest paid defender in the NFL, which he deserves. Absolutely love it. You yes. have Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, who in his in his spots last year looked absolutely fine. So I, all – and you have Tyrell Crosby, too, who played at Oregon. I don't think they played together. There's probably no way they played together. But Oregon guy that could play guard, so I like it. Love the pick. I think there were, there were two guys, three guys, who if they fell to the Lions at seven, they absolutely had to take – and it was Kyle Pitts, Penny Sewell, and maybe Justin Fields if you wanted to go quarterback. And obviously they didn't want to go in that direction, and that's totally fine. I could see both sides of that argument. So they they as soon as it said pick is in, I was like, this has to be Penny Sewell, right? Like it just has to be. And if it's not, then I'm going to absolutely lose my mind. But, you know, I, there's always that, you know, the fear of, of being a Lions fan. What if they don't do it? I was, I was having flashes of – nightmares of Mac Jones's name being called or something like that, but it didn't happen. Sewell's the guy. And, and Rabs, you sort of alluded to it. Sewell's 20 years old. Ragnow's 24. Decker's 27. Crosby's 25. Jackson is 24. They also got Logan Stenberg, who they traded up the pick last draft. He kind of got hurt, never really found his way into the rotation, but he's 24, the guard out of Kentucky. So like this O-line just has potential to be together for a while. And I think that's something that, you know, for a rebuilding team and a new offense and a new head coach and a whole new regime, that's like very important. It's going to be run heavy. I think Swift will shine and golf is at his best in play action. Like we can talk all day about Jared Goff and how he misses deep sometimes, but like he great point TV great in play action. So I just love the pick and uh, yeah, we can get into the other picks later, but Collins, I'll let you say your piece on Penne Sewell. Uh, I like the pick. I, I think I said this on GW with you, Trent, that it's and, and Rab said it earlier. It's just a really good situation for a young player to come into. He, he's not going to have a ton of pressure on him to be like – because I feel like when you when you draft like a tackle or like a really high-level offensive lineman and they, they're thrown into that pressure like he probably would be in a Cincinnati, it's either you sink or swim. You know what I mean? Like first year, like you're either dominant or you're just lost all confidence. And that's with a lot of draft fits. I understand that. But like he's not going to have that much pressure on him in this Detroit Lions offensive line. I'm not saying like this offensive line is like, oh, they're top five, but like they're solid and they got really solid pieces on it. So, and, and a guy like Sewell with less pressure 
and a comfortable situation has the potential to grow into the player that people project them. I like the draft pick. It was a nice move. Um, I'm not going to add to like I, I, I've watched a ton of his games at Oregon and, and like remembered him, but I, all I know is that before he opted out, he was supposed to be a top five pick like top or like top. You know what I mean? Like he was it's like this Sewell kid. So I, I, I don't know how the year off like translates. I, I don't really buy into it. I think it depends who the person is as a, a human. Like it's not gonna be like a Mike Williams where he doesn't work out for a year and the lions draft him first round for some reason, because Matt Millen loved him at USC. You know what I mean? Like this guy's been in the gym probably working. So I, I have no idea about that. I'm not going to add that I know a ton about blocking seams and offenses, like whatever, but I like the pick. I think it was a smart pick and for them to not panic and take fields, I think was smart because I think they could have easily done that and just be like, even though I, I'm high on Justin Fields, but I, I like the whole idea. If you're going to rebuild this, then rebuild it from the trenches. And when you have a little, when you have more stability in the front four and front, like just like, in the offense line and defense line, that's a couple of years. Then you start making moves to position players and you get a read on what, how much Jared Goff is valued at. Like, I like the idea. I know this is not the question you asked and stuff like this, but like, I like the idea of like, Oh, golf has a nice year. We can shop them. You know what I mean? Like I really, I really do like that idea because I, I, regardless how good golf is, unless he's like prime Manning, where he just single-handedly wins you games. Like, I, I, it doesn't matter how good he is. I don't think the Lions are going to make the playoffs this year. The roster and defense is just not capable of doing yeah. that. So if he has a nice year, you can shop him, and then you have more capital. You know what I mean? I, I just – There's I, nothing I really he can like, do to be untouchable. There's like no, nothing- that's what I'm saying. I really like the idea of you playing for a year. If it doesn't work out, whatever. We're going to stink, and we're going to have a high draft pick. It's like a win-win scenario. You know what I mean? If they're a little bit better and they're like in the 10 to 12 range, it's like, oh, golf's on the move because the Lions don't need, you know what I mean? So I I like that idea. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to really sit here and talk about Penny Sewell for the next hour. So yeah, it's not, yeah. Let me tell you about his three technique. Like me and Rabs are breaking down fucking pass, bro. No way. Yeah. So let's keep moving. Um, I guess I'll just – I can rattle off here as far as round two. They go Levi Onzurike, on Onwuzurike, Trent. You probably – Trent probably knows who this guy is like immediately. Onwuzurike, yes, sir. Defensive tackle from Washington. In round three, they come back with a Lee McNeil defensive tackle from NC State. Round three uh, – oh, this is going to be a great one. You just call him Iffy. His nickname is Iffy. His name is Iffy. Iffy Melly. Iffy Melly. If yeah, two Melifonwu. Nice, dude. Good prep. Cornerback from Syracuse. Then round four, they had two picks there. Amon Ross, St. Brown, wide receiver from USC, who probably immediately becomes the best name on your roster. Um, they also go Derek Barnes, linebacker from Purdue, the very next pick. And then round seven, Jamar Jefferson, running back, Oregon State. As far as things that jumped out, for me, and I told Trent this before the show, Collins, I really felt like they neglected their need to draft a linebacker. And when it came time for them to pick in the second round, um, I remember sitting there with my buddy and just thinking this Jeremiah Owusu, what's his second part? Owusu Koromoro or whatever, this linebacker from Notre Dame, I was like 100% confident that that was going to be the guy. But that ju- it just goes to show – these guys do the scouting and the legwork and they watch the film. So clearly they like this defensive tackle from Washington that they took. 
Um, did I think there was a need to go back to back defensive tackles? Absolutely not. But again, I guess it just comes down to the lions in that front office. They get paid to watch the tape and to scout these players. So I'm going to have to give them the benefit of the doubt that they know more than I do in this regard. So when you're playing a base three, four defense, and I was talking to Trent before the show, I thought John Penasini looked fine last year. I think you bring in Michael Brockers. I don't know if he's like an interior guy or an exterior guy. More of an guy. outside guy. So, I, I mean, I obviously Shelton's not going to be coming back for you. So I guess if the, if the Lions really felt like that was a huge need for them, which obviously the defensive line was a need, I probably would have told you that you need more out exterior guys than interior guys. But, again – running a three, four and you have both the O'Quara brothers, you know, I don't know what the Sean hands deal is or Austin Bryant or the list goes on. You have Brockers now. So they obviously don't feel like the, the exterior was as big of a need, but you go back to back D tackles, you build football teams from the inside out. That's why you saw they invested in the offensive line with extending rag. Now they draft Sewell. And now you have two guys who it seems like are just physical presences that can stuff the run. Uh, and it, it sounds like can be a problem for a opposing offensive line. So all fine by me. I'm glad that they went defense with the next three picks, even, even this cornerback from Syracuse, who I'm not going to pretend to know much about this guy, but from everything that it sounds like he's a, a legitimate player. I, and you can always use depth in the secondary, especially when you're the lions. I am glad they went out and got a wide receiver. I don't know how big of an impact Ross St. Brown will have, but I, I remember watching him a bit in college. I think he looks good. He was good. He was a good player. If you I watch USC, he was good. He, what's it called? Not to step on your toes, Rabs, because Go for it. the Nets pick the linebacker out of Purdue, I sneaky think was, I, I don't think a lot of people are going to talk about it. I think that was a very good draft pick because you look at that Purdue defense that sucked. Like, it really, really sucked. If you've watched Jeff Brom, like, their offense to move the football and whatever, but Purdue's defense, like, sucked balls. Like, just not good at all. And Bailey is the one guy who, like, every time I watched Purdue football and he was healthy and was on the field, he was making plays. And, and, like, I, I, and like, when you play on, like, that, like – talent starving of a defense and you're putting up that sort of production. I mean that you can question, maybe it's just a stat pattern, but like every single time I watched him play, I was like genuinely impressed. And I was actually impressed with St. Brown too, from USC, like you drafting a UFC, a USC wide receiver, like just nowadays, it's like, okay, it's probably going to hit like the last like 10 have hit. It's like Robert Woods, it's Juju. I mean, Marquise Lee was good before he got banged up. I'm missing a couple. Michael Pittman was really good last year. You know what I mean? Like drafting a USC wide receiver, I'm fine with. Like I'm fine missing on a USC wide receiver at this point of like the USC experience. Yeah. So other than that, I mean, you're you're Barnes guy. This linebacker, I the the very is it Barnes or Bailey? I thought it was Bailey. Derek Barnes. Oh well. So hopefully we're talking about the same guy. But I yeah, the guy from Purdue. The initial scouting report that I read from him and. I don't I don't know how much these people watch Purdue football and know about a guy taking in the fourth round like this, but there was some some line in there about how he's, he's going to become a core special teams guy. And I'm thinking like, dude, I don't I don't need a guy like Jalen Reeves Maven, who's like an all time special teamer. So beside the point, Shout out Jalen Huffington, Reeves Maven, huh? Shout out Jalen Reeves Maven, most consistent Tra- player, most consistent player the Lions have had. In probably twenty years. What did you say? Trent said something. Rabs and Green and White report about Jalen Reeves Maven that like literally 
made me fall out of my chair. Yeah, I, I said he's been he's been the most consistent Lions player maybe of my lifetime. He's great at what he does. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a special teams gunner. Like Kelvin, he, I'm like Kelvin Johnson made all pro like five years in a row, but yeah. Listen, yeah. you guys, you guys. Jalen Reeves Maven. Hey, hey, Calvin got hurt and stuff too. So, you know, J- Jalen Reeves Maven, listen, real quick. This dude, I, he got caught on a hot. <laughs> He got caught on a hot mic last season. He had a solo tackle on, on when he was a gunner on special teams, and he screams, that's a solo, bitch! Love it. <laughs> I love that guy. I might get a jersey of his. I'm sure you will. Jalen Reeves-Maven's the kind of guy that you could tell me he's been on the team for two years or 12 years, and I'd believe you either way. Yeah. It feels like he's been on this team for a decade, but I digress. By the way, a little Tigers interjection here. Runners on first and second, no outs, Buck Farmer on the hill, shocking. So uh, anyway, we'll move on. Um, yeah. So as far as that, as far as that goes, I just think I would have liked to have seen the line, the lions address the linebacking position a bit earlier because they're just slow and bad. And, and, and you all, I don't know how much Alex Anzalone adds to your, uh, your defensive linebacker. That's like another special teams guy to me. So I, I, I don't know if I can even give you a draft grade because I don't, I don't know. I don't watch the tape on Jamar Jefferson. I don't watch the tape on Derek Barnes. I don't know. I'm satisfied that they addressed the positions that they needed to in defensive line and the offensive tackle. They grab a wide receiver. They grab a linebacker. So that's all fine and good in my department. Um, And we'll just have to see. This is, you know, the first draft for Brad Holmes. So fingers crossed. That's all I have to say about the Lions. Um, I also saw two. I don't know who this – well, I got a the, the the text notification that Josh Hill retired. Yeah. I'm like, who? I'm like, who is this guy? Like, what? Thank you, Josh Hill. I'm like, I'm like, who? I I like was like, they must have like messed this up, ESPN. And then I realized like, oh, the like the Lions signed him like six months ago. It's like, oh, okay. Like I'd probably retire too if I was coming here, bro. So thank you, Josh life. Hill. Yeah, respect. So whatever. That's all I got on the draft. Uh, if you guys have anything else. Feel free to add it up now. We can jump into the Tigers. I mean, I'm sure What's there's stuff to add. I just don't. I have nothing. But it is what it is. They drafted players. Cool. The fact that the defense alignment, I said this, uh, just another thing I said on GW, the defense alignment from NC State were the number 29 is concerning to me. And and 27 before 29. That's just, unless it has some special meaning, which it might, and I might come off as an asshole. It's like, yeah, that's what his like, dad wore, and then he passed. You know what I mean? Like, I could sound come off like an idiot. But, like, wearing 29 as a defensive lineman is a borderline psycho move. I actually yep. like it. I, I want to – You like it? Yeah, it's kind of strong number, 29. Oh, oh. Strong number. 29 is a strong number? Is Tarek Scoobal strong? Is he a strong strong guy, Rabs? I think 29 uh, works for, like, a pitcher. Like, 29 does not work in a lot Good of, like, forms. Number. Good corner number? It depends a, on, like, the number font. I get to really twenty nine in a Lions jersey looks horrible. I feel like I wanna I wanna expand real quick before I move on 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 the Levi Onwuzurike pick um, and Ali McNeil a little bit. But I, I just Rabs, you pretty much went into depth about the Detroit Lions D line um, and, and like there's there's a lot of guys that at least just have like deserve one more shake. Like Deshaun Hand and Austin Bryant coming back this season, like healthy hopefully at least deserve the chance to go out and do something. You know, Julian Okwara, who was great in his playing time last year, even though he played like four games, he deserves a fair shake. Trey Flowers, I know he's never going to be worth what you paid him, but now that you actually have Brockers and Okwara, like he could maybe be something for you. So I love that you went inside here and, and both Onuzurike and McNeil, they're both like pass rushers. That's the scouting report on them. They're not, 
There's no more of this run stopper shit with, with Snacks Harrison and Danny Shelton. Like, we're not doing that anymore. And, and Everson Griffin. It's now like, okay, these guys are like pass rushers who can get to the quarterback. And, and the last thing I will say is this. Uh, I, I know everyone's probably seen it by now, but Onwuzurike had a fantastic quote in his, in his press conference, introductory, whatever. He said, I like fucking people up. I like to get off the line and just put my helmet or hands on an offensive lineman and fuck up an offensive scheme pretty much. I like pushing them back two, three yards and just making them feel like shit, end quote. That's awesome. Like this That's, dude, me, that's me going in the Brody calf. Yeah, this dude like <laughs> eats this dude eats nails for breakfast. So I love that that we we talk at length about the O line, how it looks great for the future, but the D line has some potential too. And I know there are Dan Campbell skeptics out there, but the one thing you probably have to have the most faith in him with is the big guys. So completely agree with you guys that that was the right direction to go. I can't help but get a little excited for the trenches that the Detroit Lions will be rolling out in 2021. That is all. That is all my Lions stuff. Collins? Uh, uh, nothing really else. I mean, I don't I mean, I don't watch like half these guys, to be fair. Like, who watches NC State football? Not One me. pride. Couldn't be me. All right. Well, um, with that, we can do the Tigers. As I have now just witnessed, they base hit up the middle. It is now 8-7 Red Sox, and there are still no outs. So, thanks for coming out, Buck Farmer. It looks like Funkhauser's up in the bullpen. Did he call him up? I didn't know that. No, I was not aware. To be fair, my Bally Sports Detroit account has been suspended and doesn't work currently. So really? if I can't find a stream, I can't watch Tigers game. So it's fun. Well, that's no, that's no good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna bitch and moan because well, I mean, whatever. I, it's not like I'm missing something great. Right. Um, okay. So Tigers baseball. God help me on this one, guys. Nine and twenty. They fucking suck. Listen, listen. Oh God. Oh my God. Rabs just needs to roll on this one because because Rabs Rabs and I were having a text exchange last night on our group chat. Collins, you were probably crippled at like Dublin or something like that. No, I was asleep. Probably. <laughs> Rabs and I were going back and forth about this, and and I've got some thoughts too. But I I really think this would sound best coming from Rabs. So I think Rabs should just. Lead us to the promised land here on this Tigers talk this week. Yeah, so I, I'm going to get on the proverbial soapbox, as I feel like I do every week. Just bear with me here. Um, here here's what I want. Well, let's take a step back first. 9-22, and 22, they are the worst team in baseball record-wise and by the eyeball test, the worst team in baseball. I gave to you last week all of the categories that they're dead last in in the major league in major leagues, like – batting average strikeouts the bullpens like the worst bullpen statistically in major league baseball all all this that and the other um as we said they're playing the red Sox right now in the final game of the series actually a nice three-run home run from candy last night after matt matthew shepherd had an absolute orgasm during the broadcast yeah the ball was 30 feet foul yep and as soon as they show as as soon as they cut to scope was it scope Yes, he was like walking back to the plate. Yeah, he yeah, he's like he's like pissed off, and he's like, "Oh shoot, it was this close." And Shepard's still screaming. Yeah, so tough look, but Candy wins it last night for your extra innings. So, I was in Chicago last weekend with my uncle David, shout out Uncle David, watching the Tigers in their doubleheader on Thursday, where I watched two of the worst baseball games I have seen, like professional baseball games in recent memory. 3-1 loss with two hits and 13 strikeouts, 11-0 loss with three hits and nine strikeouts. So that that 
to me was like the breaking point of this epiphany that I've had of just how bad this situation is with the Tigers. And admittedly, last night when I was texting Trent and I was texting my group chat with my dad and my uncles, I was very, very, very fired up. And I think after doing the research that I've done in the last couple of days and the prep that I've done for this show and what I want to bring to the show today, I think I've simmered down a bit because I try to remain positive. I love the Tigers. I will always love the Tigers. I watch almost every single game these guys play. But I listen, listen, I appreciate that you've simmered, but I need I need hot rabs right now. No, it'll come. It'll come. It'll come. Just give it time. But I have I have broken down to a science and I have done the legwork to defend my position here on why the Tigers you're Collins, you said it best, dude. They suck and they suck bad. And let's for the for the sake of context before we move forward here, I want to call 2017 the official start of the rebuild, which would make this year what we would call it like the fifth year of the rebuild. Let's call this the fifth year of the rebuild. This team has not gotten any better in the entirety of these of this rebuild. So I, I want to kind of break down to you where my frustrations lie with this team. And my first thing that I have to look at is this roster. Dude, you guys watch – I don't even – I don't know how much you guys watch this Tigers team. I don't know how much these listeners watch this Tigers team. This team is guaranteed eight to nine strikeouts minimum per game at the plate. Minimum. Upwards of like 10, 11, 12, 13. They are so – bad at the plate it's unbelievable and not only are they bad at the plate their bullpen statistically is a bottom one to three bullpen in the league after I came on this show weeks ago and said I actually think the bullpen's been fine they suck and the epiphany of them sucking is me watching Buck Farmer in his 17th year on the Tigers when he's had no lower than a seven ERA load the bases with no outs and give up a run to, to let the lead the lead change hands and now this game's probably over and he just takes and the thing about Buck Farmer too he takes nine years to throw one pitch he said he said no one I'm gonna oh, dial yeah like, let me he said, let me dial in this 94 mile per hour fastball that's gonna leak into the heart of the plate but okay Exactly. So that to me, I, I just, I struggle to find on this team guys where the silver lining is. They are, I also think they lead the major leagues in errors too. The silver lining is at third base and that's it. That's correct. it. Yes, correct. And I will get to that, but they are, they are not good defensively. They don't hit for contact. They don't hit for power. Their bullpen stinks. They're not like fast or flashy and they're starting pitching despite the fact that they don't get any run support ever they're like very average at best I, there's like not a single guy in the rotation I watched Matthew Boyd through throw seven pitches last Thursday and now he's done Julio Tejeron is pitched one inning of Tigers baseball this year or one game excuse me so I you have to, at some point, start to raise your hands and say, hey, guys, like, let's slow. Like, what's the problem here? And the problem is this. This roster blows. They blow. There's no one on this team 
besides your third baseman, Jamer Condelaria, who's not even like an unreal player. Right, like, like, I, I was going to say he's hitting 270, and that, that that's good. Like that's fine. good. And he's yeah. also he's also no very power, good defensively. Though. Very no good power. defensively. It's just like you w- God, can we get something better than a good defensive third baseman right. who so hits 270? So that's your guy. So let, let me let me break down to you where the pitfalls are in this roster. I went through today and I have two sticky notes in front of me. On the left, I have guys that the Tigers have tra- notable guys that the Tigers have traded since 2017, and notable guys that the, the Tigers have received since 2017. I am watching JD Martinez who the Detroit Tigers traded in 2017 for Dowell Lugo and Sergio Alcantara. J.D. Martinez right now is batting about 350. Dowell Lugo no longer plays Major League Baseball, and Sergio Alcantara is not on your team anymore, and he ain't up in the majors. Justin Wilson and Alex Avila get traded in 2017, and that, I will say, is the best trade you've made in the last five years. You bring back Jamer Condelario. You bring back Isak Paredes. Let me keep going down the list. And these next guys that I'm going to rattle off, of all these guys I named, zero, zero of the players in return for these guys are playing Major League Baseball for your team. Justin Upton, and. Justin Verlander and Ian Kinsler and nothing. They haven't gotten eck from those guys. Justin Verlander, you didn't get shit. I got Frankie. How's Frankie Perez's goddamn blister doing? How's his blister doing? Who's going to be going under the knife for the 10th time in the last five years? I have Daz Cameron, who is now 24 years old with a broken wrist. And it doesn't look like he ain't coming up anytime soon because I got to watch Robbie Grossman and left every day. I was going to say, even if he does come up, he's not, he, he's the last mouth to feed in the outfield. So then I got Jake Rogers, dude, who I think is like 26 to 28 and hasn't batted over a hundred in a decade. So those are the three guys you bring back. Then we go to 2018, another unreal trade. Look what I found. Leonis Martin. For Willie Castro, who might actually be batting over 200 now. Uh, the jury's still out, so we'll wait to see that. And then you go Nick Castellanos, who I just watched walk a game off for the Reds against the Cubs the other day. And you bring back Alex Lang, who's actually like somewhat decent in the bullpen right now. So notable names. J.D. Martinez, Justin Wilson, Alex Avila, Justin Upton, Justin Verlander, Ian Kinsler, Nick Castellanos, Shane Green, Leonis Martin. I just named you nine guys, and you have three guys from those trades that are currently on your active roster. Three guys. Rams, I, re- I really – and this is this is why Al Avila needs to lose his fucking job. And, 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 and Rabs, now this is going to spark the next conversation I think we got to have here. And I really appreciate you bringing all that to light, by the way. That must have taken a while and very frustrating. Raise the blood pressure a little bit. I hope you had a pop or two when you did that. I will say this. I put 99% of the Tigers' struggles on, on Al Avila. And, and oh. not, not A.J. Hinch. Not A.J. Hinch. What about Illich? Well, okay, well, maybe, but Avila I, has Av- – guys, let's not act like even – so, Rabs, you just talked about the trades and the, and the acquisitions and that type of thing. Let's talk about, like, the offseason, which we did last week a little bit. You know, Robbie Grossman, Jose Urania, 
all the, those guys aren't any good either. But Uranus these draft picks, Uranus these draft picks have. N- I'm I'm more focused on like. I'm a I know you're- I am a mess. The off season is only half the half the battle, right? And you also got to draft well. And if if your best prospect right now that you've drafted and is homegrown is Casey Mize, who Rabs, as you alluded to last night, has been pedestrian. Even though he it's he's young and the jury's still out, I get it. But like he's not really blowing you away. I, I'm just I'm 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 baffled that he still has his job. And Collins, I want you to go in on Illich because I think that is more so the issue as well. I was just thinking of it as Avila versus Hinch, who deserves more blame. To me, it is overwhelmingly Avila. But Collins, get in the mix. Well, what's the problem? Hinch hasn't been great this year. If you watch it, like there's been certain times where I oh, think but he's the old. roster sucks. No, no, no. no. It, it, like, exactly. It's it's a situation where it doesn't matter. Like yeah. I, I genuinely think AJ Hinch is a good manager, and. I mean, he won a World Series, and regardless of what happened, what I, I mean, Ravs is going to defend Jeff Blaschel for 10 years because he's not a bad wrestler. AJ Hinton only gets 30 games to defend himself, right, Ravs? Is that, is that why you're shaking your head? Are you shaking your head right there? No, don't don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. My beef is not with you, old man. I okay. I, I will. I have a piece on AJ Hinch. If okay. I did. I'm not going to blame any of this on AJ. Hinch. Still, the list is still going for me, dude. I got much more to say. You go. No, ahead. it's Ill, it's Illage and Avila, and I think 75 percent of it is on Illage to just enable Al Avila, who when they hired him, everyone knew that he was like, this is a weird move. This is a cost-saving move. And the fact after Dave Dombrowski left, they haven't spent any money, literally anything. And I know you got the Miggy deal. I know you got like, I know you had to pay off Zimmerman's deal. I get that. You made some bad moves at the end trying to win a World Series. I understand that. And you're trying to cut payroll. So you kind of just like recover when your team is on a struggle that you're not like in that big of a deficit. I understand that. But in year five, for you to go off after having, I would say last year was a success. When you would say yeah. that, Rebs, oh, Yeah, yes. I thought not in a sense of the rebuild. I, 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 Raps, I, I wouldn't listen. call it a success because what has translated here? Raps, Raps, you're not letting me get into my point. You're not letting me get into my coming point. Coming into this season, we all Raps, coming all into this said. season, you were excited, right? Oh, yes, yes. That's yes. what I'm saying. It was that you saw signs of life that, oh, the rebuild could be coming to a soon quicker. Know what I mean? It that was, was one last step year. forward, eight steps back. That's what And it you was. go out and don't sign anybody worth knowing. Literally yep. nobody. And Urania is actually, ever since his first two starts, he's been pretty good for them. And actually might end up being a trade piece for them at the deadline if he continues to pitch the way he has, which would be huge. But, I mean, you're not going to get a huge piece for Jose Urania, so it doesn't really matter. Grossman, whatever. Mazzaro, whatever. I know he got banged up pretty early. Wilson Ramos, whatever. He is who he is. But for you to just bring in just like rotational guys, not give any, like – you just give your organization no confidence going forward. We're like, oh, we got to rely on a Miggy who is injury riddled and just is not himself. Like he's never going to be himself again. Like I, 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 there was a point where the last couple of years where he would just get injured, but he would bat like 270, no power numbers and stuff. That's gone. I don't think he'll ever do that even ever again. Him be, him be able to hit for average at least. Miguel so, Cabrera like, is hitting 98 right now. Yeah. Under I, 100. He, 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 I love Miggy, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the best right-handed hitter ever. 
dude, I, I feel so he's bad done. for him, dude, because he's just the sacrificial lamb. He makes so much money. I don't even, I have no words. I don't even know what to do with him anymore. I can't, I can't watch it. You can't bat him forth every day, dude. You, yeah. My I would God. agree with that. You can't bet on fourth every day. But I'm just saying, for them to go out this offseason and not get one bona fide bid leaguer, like, know what I mean? Like, just say, okay, this guy's in a bad 280. And I said this last week. I'm not going to harp on it. It's just, I, I don't understand that. I really don't. You're like, oh, we still want to save for our window. Green, Torkelson, Clemens, none of those guys are up here. Who gives a fuck? Go make a move. Right. Go try and win. They I haven't tried the win in five years. Collins, you, you really have You cannot convince correct. me they've tried to win. They, and, they and, and, and I understand they weren't trying to win for about three years. They're tanking. But year five, you should be trying to win. And the fact that they didn't go out and make a move that would get them at least 10 to 15 wins on paper is insane to me. And, and that's a fireable offense for Al Avila. But I think that's a fireable offense for Chris Illich. Expand your budget. You, like, you could be a bad team and have nice pieces on it. Like and spend a little money. When yeah. the San Diego Padres had Manny Machado, they were a joke. And I'm not saying the Lions have that budget that the San Diego Padres do because that budget's insane. The Padres owners would pay anything to get talent on that roster. But like, know what I mean? It, it doesn't just not, and especially in Major League Baseball, it all doesn't start through a farm system. The 2006 through 2013 Tigers prove that you can make nice moves in free agency, and they haven't made any. And I think that that's more of a glaring issue than some of the younger guys that they brought back in, in those trades. And, and that's the problem with baseball right now. The fact that they, the market for JD Martinez was that weak, this shows like if you're a smart organization, you're like, okay, we're just going to sign them. Know what I mean? Like, yep. fuck this. We'll sign them. And you know what? Theoretically, Colin. And I, I, and I know he probably didn't want to come back, but I don't know. Sorry. There that's are more of an NBA thinking. There are teams in American sports, and the Detroit Tigers are one of them, that if you absolutely suck ass for six years, your fans are allowed to expect more because it's ridiculous. The Detroit Tigers should never have a stretch like this. They're the Detroit Tigers. They're one of the five most historic franchises in Major League Baseball, and Rabs just gave gave us all the numbers of these guys, and none of them are coming back. And Collins. I agree with your premise 1,000%. I guess the reason that I'm just more upset with Avila is because you would still like to think that even if he is a little hand-tied and he doesn't get to spend all this money, he would spend it elsewhere than 30-year-old Robbie Grossman. And I, that, that, that's just my gripe. That's my gripe. And he also hasn't drafted well. And it's like, can, beggars can't be choosy, blah, blah, blah. Jury still out on Tarek Schoolville, Casey Mice. I get it, dude. But, like, it is year six. And I don't want to expand on this at nauseum. It's just like, guys, it, we're, we're not the Miami Marlins or, or the – They have more World Series than us in the last 20 years. That, I know, but you get what I'm saying. This no, is not a small market. This is not the Oakland Athletics. This is not Moneyball. You are the Detroit Tigers. And, and That's Collins, the problem. They don't want to spend money anymore. And, TV. Collins, you and I had a little bit of a we, – we mentioned this on Green and White and, and or walking out of the studio that day, I think. Mr. I spent money because – he was his health was declining, and he wanted a. But he a, wanted to win. I, yes, the, he wanted to don't, win. So they I'm going to make anymore. This might be sense. a little morbid and insensitive of me. Chris Illich needs to live like he's dying a little bit. Like, dude, Jesus. can you can you abs <laughs> can you can you put a little effort in? And, and Colin, you mentioned dude. this too, and this is a whole separate conversation. But 
if you want to run the wings, that's fine. Because, you know, the, yes. do, do yeah. a wings thing. The Tigers need a change in culture, a change in direction. And, and, you know, every year we come on this podcast, as we've done it for three years now, and we look ahead to the season as a season preview, and we say, you know what? The Tigers could take a step this year because they've been rebuilding since 2017 when I could barely drive a car. So that's all I got to say. I don't know. Well, I completely agree with everything you've said, Collins. I think the issue is Illich. Avila ain't doing you any favors. I'm still fine with Hinch, but – Boy, is this team hard to watch right now. They need to spend money. That's just the fact of the matter. They need to spend money. And until they do that, they're not. And Rabs is right. Rabs outlined all that. They did not get any good overhaul for any. Like the Justin Rolander trade, like regardless of what his value was at the time, is one of the worst trades of all time. It really is because Justin Rolander for two or three seasons for the Astros was what? A top 10 pitcher in the league? And you got nothing for that. J.D. Martinez, the Arizona thing, that was really weird that they couldn't get anything out of that. But, like, still, I'm not – whatever. But when it comes to Illich, like, a Vila thing, they just haven't tried the win. And I don't expect them to in the future. But I will say this. I do think Illich will fire a Vila sometime this year. Like, I don't think he makes it the rest of the season if they perform this way. Like, I, I truly don't I, – I, you can't justify him having a job after this year. Like and you he's know what, gotten Colin, enough. He's gotten enough cracks for this rebuild to give you some sense of the, the thing. And they got some nice prospects. I do like Mize. I think Mize figures out his command stuff. He could be awesome. Like, he really could. I, like, his stuff is still nasty. It's not like Scooble where it's like, okay, maybe his stuff isn't that great. Like, Mize's stuff is nasty. He just needs to find command, which is easier said than done. I'm just saying. And Torque is young. Riley Green was probably their best position player prospect in the system in sense of closest to the big leads, even though he hasn't hit in a game over high A. But I don't know. He, he can't – he's not going to have his job. I just – I can't see it in my mind, him having a job. But if the Illiches aren't going to spend money, it doesn't matter who takes over the job because they won't win. And one last thing I have to add to that, just to cherry on top to what Colin said, if he does have a job come the end of the season, then that is just proof of the whole point they that don't he care. made proven that the Illiches just don't give a fuck. So there we go. Yeah. That's, that's all I got to say on that. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily point the finger so much at Chris Illich because I, I do understand the sentiment that, yes, you factually do have to spend – some type of money to get some real players in here to help this team move along. But at the same point, it's like you're trying to rebuild. And again, yes, you said, I said it perfectly. It doesn't have to all be homegrown, but they're trying their best to find guys within their system that can play. The problem is when you continue to go out and buy these fucking used rag journeyman stopgap players you don't give guys in your system a chance to play like they this team has won nine games with Wilson Ramos and Derek Holland and Robbie Grossman and Nomar Mazzara and Jonathan Scope who's back again and he's batting 175 you can't get worse than being the worst team in baseball so if these guys you brought in can't help you win why are they here 
why not just throw out your guys who are, and it's not even like the Tigers prospects are young. They're all 24. All of these guys are 23 to 25 years old. So let them play. I, I no longer care. I no longer care if I have a pitcher that's 21 years old, go out there and get shelled. I no longer care if you bring up Riley Green or Daz Cameron and they bat 200 the rest of the year. I don't care. It is unwatchable to watch this team. And if you want to talk about the drafting and you want to talk about Casey Mize, this organization does not develop anyone, nope. anyone at all. They I have for watched James years. McCann go to Chicago and bat 330. Eugenio Suarez go to the Reds, and now he's like an everyday third baseman who the Tigers gave away for absolutely nothing. They don't Big develop, and needed him. They don't develop anyone. And right. I understand, I understand that it takes time for these guys to develop. I get it. But when you are a first overall pick, Casey Mize, and I have to watch guys like Alec Baum, who was taken two picks after you, who hit 330 for the Phillies last year, and Nick Madrigal, who plays every day at second base for the White Sox, who was taken fourth, and he's batting 300. And I have to watch Ryan Weathers, who was picked seventh, and who came into the game, and he made his rookie debut in the NLDS for the Padres last year. And I have to watch another pitcher in your own division that was taken 17 picks after you in Brady Singer. And I have to look at my guy, Casey Mize. And I go, wow, in two years, Casey Mize had how many fuck? Where is this fucking number? 49 strikeouts Casey Mize has two years. Yeah, Brady Singer has 90, 90 strikeouts. So I don't want to hear about, oh, he's got good stuff. Give him time. You're a 1-1 guy. Show me something at some point. Because you're I, you're acting like he sucks though. He doesn't he suck. Do, he doesn't suck, but he's a number one overall. No, pick. no, I I, I agree. He's twenty four. Right. That's, that's the classic. That's your argument against Hawkinson. You know, like it's no, 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 no. Game. You're right. Yeah, Rabs is completely right in that sense. But I I think you're you're acting like he. It's like oh, he's not even. I think we've seen some of it. Like that Houston game earlier this year. You're like oh wow wow here we go. And you're right. We haven't seen enough of it, and it's proven to be that he might have not been worth your number one overall pick, which is a testament why Alavila needs to leave. You're right with that, Rabs. I'm just I'm not saying that Casey Myers is some lost cause. I know. Like I some know of these other prospects. I know like, not a like a Derek Hill, like a first round pick that's not even ever gonna sniff the major leads and in a regular capacity. Know what I mean? I, yes, you know what I, mean? I, I know Casey Mize is not a lost cause. I'm just saying you you look this is this is my final point. Actually, I have I have two final points. You look at other teams around the league that have been trying to rebuild, and it's the easiest one to look at for me because they're in your division. Look at the Chicago White Sox, dude. Do you remember how bad they were under like Renteria and who else was their manager before that? It was like Venture? Who I don't even fuck. Bob Ventura. Yeah, like. Do you remember, like, they were bad. The White Sox were bad. Look at their roster, dude. Luis Robert, Yoan Moncado, Yermans Mercedes, Jose Abreu, Nick Madrigal, Eloy Jimenez, Lucas Giolito, Michael Kopik, uh, this, what, Andrew Vaughn. These guys, have, they have players, 
The Giants were the laughing stock of the league two or three years ago. They're like one of the best teams in baseball right now. Why is it so hard? Royals, dude. The Royals, yes, they have Ben Intendi, they have Whit Merrifield, they have the 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 shortstop that wore the wore the mask all year last year. I, I just it, it's so frustrating to me when when we talk about these guys and I have to continue to hear from my uncle Steven and my friends that gotta tell me just give them time dude they're young every other team in the league has guys that are playing and contributing and producing at the major league level at younger ages I just named you guys in Casey Mize's draft class that are already doing it and Casey Mize has won one game in 12 to 14 starts or whatever, and I'm not giving up on him because I think he's going to be a fine pitcher in, ma- in the major leagues. But my God, dude, at some point, I need someone to do something because the only player on your team right now worth a shit is Jamer Candelario. And if you if you think that yeah. he's a superstar, you're wrong. The yes. Tigers don't have any elite players. They don't have a Tatis. They don't have a Trout. They don't have a Nolan Arenado. They don't even have any Tier 1 players. They're Tier 2 and below players. And my final point here is about your manager, A.J. Hinch, who, credit to me at the beginning, didn't even want him here. And then I flip-flopped like an absolute wet blanket. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fired up for A.J. Hinch. Dude, look at the roster that guy had when they won the World Series. Bregman, Correa, Guriel, Springer. The list goes on and on. You so also you, you also here, just spent 20 minutes talking about how shitty this roster is. So I don't I know. know. But, but yes. to, sit, to, yes. sit here, to sit here and tell me that, like, A.J. Hinch is the reason why the Astros were that good, go no. fly a kite. Well, this no one's guy, saying that. No, no one's saying that. Guess what? The Tigers had a roster like that with Brad Ausmus. How did that end up? That's These what I'm saying. Guys have regressed. Willie Castro has regressed. Jacoby Jones has regressed. Yes. Victor Reyes has regressed. Yes. Mason Griner has not improved. The list goes on and on. The list goes on and on. These guys have gotten no better under AJ Hinch's tutelage. I don't care if they've only played 30 games. This team is a mess, and I am sick and tired of hearing my uncle Steven tell me that I got to be glass half full or to not watch the games if I'm going to complain. Because after five to six years, Uncle Steve, it's time to start asking whoa, whoa, questions. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna rip Uncle Anyone. Steve, I, I gotta, I gotta jump in front of Steve's probably at a pool in Arizona. So I don't care what nephew Ryan says to me. Yeah. I'm just chilling. I am such an Uncle Steve guy. I can't stand for this, but go ahead. They do. They they don't have anyone. And now I gotta watch JD Martinez with like his third hit of the day. They don't have anyone. Everyone's Lance, a, I, I, I agree with that, but why? Everyone's I, a Keel Badu boner. That's probably cooled off now, right? Because he's batting about 230. 202. They stink. This team stinks. They are horrible. There is no hope on this roster. I can't do it anymore. Nine wins. You can't even watch them play. I'm so sick of being a sports fan in this fucking city. I can't stand it. It is the only thing I have. I don't like cars. I don't really like art. I don't I don't do arts and crafts. I don't like nature. Like I I get into TikTok, Rabs. Yeah. 
This is all I have. Raps, raps, raps. Suck. They raps suck. should be a TikTok guy. You got to get on the sixth string more. It's it's a great it's a great <laughs> release. It's it's a great release. Trust me. I'm done. I had nothing else to say. I really don't. Um, well, you want, you I, want- I'm not blaming Hench. I I mean they all suck. I well, I mean the one thing I am interested to see though, if and when Alavila is out after this year, if they just are like okay bye Hench like immediately after. Yeah, new regime. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be interesting. But other than that, I mean, you've basically covered it all. They fucking suck. All right. Can I do trifecta? We can get out of here. Rabs, yeah. Rabs, you can get to the Little Caesars Arena and, yeah, and go watch the Pistons. Pistons you can go watch the 19-win Pistons. I'm kidding. I love the Pistons right now. This is a good Pistons team. Let's go. Um, trifecta, we can make this somewhat quick because we've had a very long episode. Uh, number one. I've started to dabble more in the country music scene a little bit more. I think it's pretty good stuff. And I just, there you go. Been, I have not been as enlightened and you guys are both country guys. So Rabs, I want to start with you. Who's your favorite country artist and why? Kit Moore. Kit Moore is my favorite country artist. I think he has an unbelievable voice and he just gets it. Like, like the way this guy he lives, just gets it. Well, he like the way this <laughs> guy lives his life, dude, like he's not, a, he's not a mainstream guy. He should be. His fan base is really tight, and it's not, it's not small by any means, but it's a very tight-knit fan base. He makes incredible music. It's got that, like, classic rock slash, like, country vibe. He's just a badass. Like, he, he's, he's an absolute badass. The music is incredible. I will also say Eric Church is right up there because he's probably the greatest to ever do it in my eyes, and that's biased because I'm a young kid and I didn't, didn't grow up with the country legends. But Eric Church, easily Drake White, Chris Stapleton, those are those are the guys. But Kit Moore, Kit Moore is the guy, hands hands down, bar none for me. Absolutely, he's the best. Toby Truth TV, Toby Keith, Toby Keith. They just start. My dad was the biggest Toby Keith fan ever, and we had the greatest hits in our car. Just fantastic music. But if okay. you're looking for like, I, I don't know. I like all country music. I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, I hate this pop stuff. I'm like, I like all of it. So. All right. I appreciate the insight. Uh, question two. This is kind of a goofier question, but I, 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 I was sitting watching Tigers Live last night, and I just love Dan Petrie. So are we in on Dan Petrie? Are we in? A, I, I love that he holds the baseball when he talks. I love his – My dad – actually, it's funny you say that, Trent. My dad hates that. I think it's awesome. He's like, Dan, put the ball down. What are you going to do, throw a two-seamer? He's like yelling at the TV. <laughs> Brandon Marshall on first things first. He also holds a, like a football every when they talk about football. He's holding a football. Is he on first and first? Yeah, you replaced Chris Carter. Did you see what does Chris Carter do now? I don't know. Chris Carter's been gone for like a year. They they were doing it with like stopgap hosts for a while, and now it's just back to Nick Wright, Brandon Marshall, and Kevin Wilds. It's pretty fun. Did you see what's it called? Did you see Nick Wright say today that Jokic would be the worst MVP in fifty years? Yeah, he's not wrong. Oh my God! Okay, Charlie. Why? What is that take? It's the worst take I've ever. The guy averages a legit triple double, basically. Okay, okay, but Collins, go look at the list. Like, who's he? Be- is he better than Westbrook? No, because Westbrook did. Yeah, he is. He is better than Westbrook. Not that yeah, he is. Not 2017 Westbrook. Yeah, he was. The the the, the Nuggets are about to be a four seed, with, and, and they're ten and one, I think. Since Jamal Murray went down, this is a very random NBA topic to have <laughs> on this, but I don't know how we got there. But um, what was your question at Dan Petrie? Dan Petrie. Are we in I, on I, I don't hate it. I, I feel like Dan Petrie, though, he's one of those guys who's kind of forgotten. 
Because when I asked my dad, I'm like, was he any good? He said, no, he was a nice piece for them. Like, really nice piece. So, yeah. I, yeah. His, his, I don't know if it's his son or if it's his, uh, who is Jeff Petrie his son, Rebs? Defenseman for the, yeah. what? Yes. Yeah. I can't hear you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, Rebs. Do you like Dan so Petrie? I like Dan Petrie. <laughs> yes. What? Do you like Dan Petrie? Yeah. Okay, cool. Rabs is checked out. He's so mad. <laughs> He's he is so, so mad. mad. Yeah. <laughs> Question three, and then we can get the hell out of here. Um, how much are the Packers going to suck without Aaron Rodgers this season? They're not getting rid of Rodgers. I, I won't believe it ever. He might. Was, he, I don't Trent, understand. Trent, Trent, Trent yeah, I, I will come around to something you said. I could see him holding out for a little bit. But I do think he'll play for the Packers this year. I don't understand how you can say that after the vortex of shit he has caused in the He's last. He's an MVP season. guy. They're just not. They can't do that. It's just one of those things. Like I won't trade you. I just physically won't do it. it I it can't would be, do it. I know, but it would be one thing if like it, this was like the. I, I know the Packers have a lot of tradition, but they're a small market still. It's not like this is like the Cowboys or the the San Francisco 49ers. I don't. I don't know. I think they're gonna be. I think they're missing the playoffs without him, and I. I don't think. Uh, they're well, they be. will if he doesn't play. But I think he's gonna play. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think you will. Rabs, what do you think? What do you, Rabs, what's your general take on the Rodgers situation that we can get out of here? Because Collins and I, Collins and I had a whole at length conversation on green and white. Go listen if you want. My take on the Rodgers situation is that he obviously doesn't care to be in Green Bay anymore. I agree with Collins that if that if those guys trade Aaron Rodgers, like I don't think I don't even like come watch the games anymore. Like yeah, it's it's unforgivable. It's yeah, unforgivable. Like, I get that Aaron Rodgers isn't like thirty years old. I understand he's up there in age, but if Aaron Rodgers has shown you anything, it's that like you guys people want to talk about Tom Brady playing until he's forty five. Dude, Aaron Rodgers has twice the talent that Tom Brady does. Aaron Rodgers might play till he's sixty. So I think I, I'm I'm laughing like at the Packers right now because the fact that Aaron Rodgers essentially came out and was like, you either fire this GM or I'm gone. Like I could see the Packers just absolutely panicking and be like, all right, like sorry, dude, like clean your desk out because we have to keep Aaron Rodgers. So I would like to see Aaron Rodgers leave Green Bay. I hate the Packers. I hate Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how you like shut your entire family out of your whole life and like want me to think that you're like somewhat of a decent human being. So I do think he's kind of a piece of shit. I wish it. Love it. Like whatever, dude, I I don't care if he stays with the Packers, they're going to be an absolute joke because all anyone's going to talk about is like, how ridiculous that situation is and how unhappy. That's, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. The bridge is burned. Like he's not going to, he's, he's just, he's either going to force his way out or he's going to sit because he's making money millions of dollars from state farm and his new fiance who makes millions of dollars as an actress. So what do you guys think of Shania Woodley? You a fan of her work? Do you guys like Little Lies? I, I do. I, do like actor. I, I like her. I like her. She's a good actress. She's I have no clue who that is. I don't care, dude. Trade him and let's watch Jordan Love roll the balls out. Sweet <laughs> Jordan okay. Love was going to be a heart attack in Spartan Stadium in 2018. People forget that. Was that week one, Collins? Was that week one? Yeah, it was week one. It was like, oh, wow. Michigan State goes nine and three. Next year, you're like, oh, this team's awesome. 
defense just gets lit up by Utah State. I do want to offer this perspective on the Packers situation real quick before we wrap up. This will take me 30 seconds. I've got a buddy, Zach, who is a big Packers fan, and his, yeah. whole, his whole take on the situation is essentially – I, I, I guess it's like a it's a rebuttal to what you guys are saying. It's an unforgivable mistake to trade Aaron Rodgers because this guy, my buddy Zach, is basically saying that it's it's reached the point where it's ridiculous on the GM's part not to get rid of him because you can get a hell of a load for Aaron Rodgers. And if you're if, if you're not doing that and then he just sits out, you're handcuffing your entire team and you're basically punting on the season. So and, get, and, and he's not going to stick around forever. He's 38 years old. Not everyone is Tom Brady. Not everyone has found the fountain of youth. So he's he's his contract is a max, I think, three more years. So he's there for a max of three more seasons. And I understand he's coming off back-to-back NFC Championship uh, appearances, whatever. He's not happy. He's not going to play. He, he's just he's not going to play if they don't trade him. So this GM needs to get off his ass and get him out of Green Bay. That's my, That's my take on it. But thank you for coming. That's it. I don't know. Collins, if you want to, if you want to call me. Sure, I just, I think you're wishfully like, okay, we're finally not going to get to see Aaron Rodgers twice that, a year. That's 90% it's, of it. That's yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, I hope he's there. I need him gone. I need him. He's, he's kind of Aaron Rodgers is weirdly being like him being a Jeopardy host would be like top five, like. Oh my God. Things Who, ever happened. I'm so sick and tired. He's of not going to become it. He's not going to become it because. They're etching yeah. someone who's a professional broadcaster do it, but it's so bizarre. I'm so, I am so sick and tired of hearing about the Jeopardy thing. Who cares? Me, yeah, me. I don't care. Well, let's just let's just let's boycott it. Then we're not giving it any time. We're done. Oh my god, dude. Whatever. We're done. The fucking Packers. Rabs have by fun. Way, <laughs> by the way, Albert Pujols got DFA'd today. Saw that. I don't know if you guys saw that. So Miggy might be next. So he's at Mickey's at six more years on his deal, basically. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot that Pujols' deal's up after this year. Yeah, I think Mickey's at what? He play what is he right now? Is he 39? I think he's at three more years. We gotta pay him. No way. Two, maybe. There's no way he's on the books for three no, more. No, no, no. It's it's this season and next season. I think it's just next season. I don't know about that. I think I think it's 2023. I think it's 2023. Well, okay. Whatever we can, we can Should know exhaust that. ourselves know. today. Good job today, fellas. Lots of energy. We've exhausted ourselves. Yeah, I am actually physically exhausted. A lot of it could be that I had Taco Bell for lunch today, like an absolute slob. Dude, Taco Bell gets a bad rap for like, oh, you talk Taco Bell, you're gross. I don't want to hear it. You only say that because when you're hammered, that's the first thing you go to. And Taco Bell's good when you're sober. I so I don't want to hear that either. Will because you're fist deep in a in a platter of nachos at like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Dude, I would eat not. I would eat Taco Bell like I like Taco Bell more when I'm sober. Like when I'm hungover or something like that. Like Taco Bell's fantastic when you're sober. You don't need to be drunk to eat Taco Bell. Well, Taco Bell's not like people are like bottom of the barrel fast food. It's solid fast food. I just want that on the record. We can we can end the show. I don't need to get into a Taco Bell argument for an hour and a half. We'll do that next week. All right. Well, that's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bell and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We are on Apple Podcasts and we are on Spotify. New episodes every single week. We will see you next time.